Every fan is on its feet here at Miami Dolphin Stadium in Miami, Florida. Super Bowl 41 about to commence. The 2007 Super Bowl was a memorable one for me. My favorite player, Peyton Manning, won his first Super Bowl for the Indianapolis Colts versus the Chicago Bears in Miami, Florida. I watched the big game at my best friend's house, and halfway through the third quarter, our parents got an alert that school was closed the next day due to frigid temperatures and a feat of flurries expected overnight. That meant I could spend the night at my friend's house on a school night. But the jubilance of my extended weekend from Mother Nature wasn't why that rendition of the Super Bowl is stuck in my brain all these years. Actually, it didn't have to do anything with the game at all. It was the halftime show, and the name of the artist performing was Prince. I grew up with a musical education of 90s Christian rock and soft 70s pop. By that time, I knew the name of Prince as a musical figure, but I actually had never listened to his music, let alone seen him perform on camera. Typical of modern halftime shows, Prince played a meshing of his greatest hits. He gracefully weaved from musical and visual experience. For 15 minutes, I was captivated by the person. This otherworldly figure, I'd never seen someone perform like this, let alone heard music like this. Then, to cap off the performance, Prince played Purple Rain as the rain clouds opened up on Hard Rock Stadium. Was this a trick? A planned gimmick for the stage? No, it was actually raining. Could this man communicate with the weather? Could he summon the clouds? I wasn't sure. In that moment, watching on TV thousands of miles away, it felt like his force of nature could even make Mother Nature change for his performance. The halftime show performance by Prince made me think differently about creativity. It inspired me to expand my musical taste from the past and the present. And it made me realize that there are some humans that have a magical influence on our lives. So that Super Bowl wasn't about the game at all. It was the halftime show that changed me. You're listening to a podcast called Least Important Things. I'm your host, Luke Ferris. The Super Bowl is a culmination of capitalistic efficiency. Between advertising, sponsorship, food sales, celebrities, and the halftime show, the actual game is really a sideshow to the spectacle of Super Bowl weekend. And the week leading up is like Comic-Con for sports and alcohol. Like a traveling circus, all of sports media heads to the city wherever the game is hosted to broadcast live. 
All this noise surrounding the game in the week of the game actually makes some football fans dread the final game of the NFL season. SNL recently dedicated an entire cold open to this tension between football fans and annual watchers of the Super Bowl. I expect this to be an all-out battle for the next three hours. And after that, it's all over. (laughs) All over? Football. After today, it's just... It's done. (laughs) Well, there's still the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's not real football. (laughs) Super Bowl is for commercials and Usher and people who never watch football asking how many points a touchdown is worth. But as much as that one grumpy guy in the corner of a Super Bowl party angry that someone asked him why the distance of first downs is 10 yards, the game really is second fiddle to the halftime show. Just ask around. Usually people in the general population don't remember which teams played which year or what actually happened on the field, but they do remember the halftime show. If you didn't know, every Super Bowl, the traditional NFL halftime break is extended and a globally recognized music artist or band or collection of artists plays a 10 to 15 minute set on the field that's broadcast live all around the world. I wanted to know what your favorite Super Bowl halftime show is. And here's what you said. Carlos said Eminem and Snoop Dogg was fire. Kristen agreed and said that M and Snoop had me all my nostalgic feels. Lisa said Prince because Prince. I'm Prince. So what seems to be the problem? Oh, how rude of me. I haven't given you enough time to freak out yet. You may do so now. Holly said Lady Gaga. Caitlin said Beyonce and Coldplay. Dana said Bruno Mars. The energy and overall vibe was impeccable. Eric said, honestly, I'm ambivalent towards it. I don't think I've ever watched one end to end. Maggie said, honestly, most memorable is the year the lights went out. John said, you two had one of the greatest live TV rock and roll moments when they performed at Super Bowl 36. The performance took place a few months after 9-11 and our Irish lads found a way to make this performance strong and powerfully emotional. And Greg said, Michael Jackson, has anyone ever felt more like they were on top of the world? Now, there are plenty more memorable halftime shows. And if you were a boy my age in 2004, there's a halftime show that definitely stands out. But when did these halftime shows become such a big deal? Surprisingly, it's a fairly young phenomenon. The first official Super Bowl was played in 1967, and the big act the game booked was the University of Arizona Marching Band. And for 25 years, the halftime show was typically a marching band performance or related orchestral act, similar to the ones you see at a college football game. It wasn't until 1993 that the Super Bowl decided to shift its halftime performance to a contemporary music act. And the switch paid off. Hey, 
Like Greg said earlier, Michael Jackson's set became the most watched television moment in U.S. history at that time. From then on, the production value, investment, and cultural awareness of the Super Bowl halftime show increased year over year over year. And guess what? The performers aren't even paid. And that's for good reason. Following the weekend's 2021 divisive solo COVID show, his sales went up 385%. That's how much value and awareness the Super Bowl halftime show brings. Even though the halftime show is undoubtedly part of a commercial product, it's one of the few moments in our year where everyone, especially in America, watches together. Because we've lost that sense of unity with our niche interests, algorithms, and platforms. And I think it's actually nice to come together where it feels like everyone's watching the same thing at once. And plus, on a Monday morning, talking about the halftime show with your coworkers is really something that we don't have anymore. To know that millions of people are experiencing the same thing, something interesting, something fun, or cringy. It's that corporate connection that we're craving. That dramatic wow in the midst of a cold winter. And even if it's jammed with product placement and sponsorships, the halftime show gives us a moment where we're all listening to the same tune. Least Important Things is a podcast about the most important of the least important things in our lives. It's created and hosted by me, Luke Ferris, executive produced by Jay Ferris, logo and brand design by Curtis Felton. If you want to get involved in the show like folks did today, you can go to www.leastimportantthings.com and leave a voicemail, send an email. You can also connect with me on social media at Luke H. Ferris on Instagram at Least Important Things on TikTok. We also have a monthly newsletter, Least Important Things Monthly, that you can subscribe to on our website. Again, that's leastimportantthings.com. And you can also leave a voicemail that could be played on a future episode. Go to the website for more info. And until next time, I'll talk to you soon.